How you doing, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Amateur Like a TIS podcast with your boy, your host, Jai Shields. Coming at you here on this Sunday morning, September 23rd, 2018. Got lots of stuff, lot, got lots of stuff to talk about, to talk about with you today. Um, recap, I'm gonna break down NFL Week 2 action. Recap that, including the Steelers losing to the Chiefs at home last week. The Jaguars getting revenge on the Patriots. Josh Gordon being traded from the Browns to uh, the New England Patriots. And I'll also touch on the Browns winning their first game Thursday night. And I'll also touch on the Vikings tying the Packers last Sunday. And that Clay, and that Clay Matthews, excuse me, that Clay Matthews roughing the passer penalty. As well as I'll preview today's week three action and give you my picks coming up towards the end of the program. But where I want to start off today is last week the Pittsburgh Steelers lost to the Kansas City Chiefs at home last Sunday. Coming after tying the Cleveland Browns in week one on the road, uh, the Steelers played their first home game in uh, Heinz Field for the 2018 season. And they go up against the Kansas City Chiefs, who offensively played extremely well against the Los Angeles Chargers in week one, and Tyreek Hill having the game of his life scoring touchdowns in every which way imaginable. So, Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs' new starting quarterback, who is replacing Alex Smith, who they traded to Washington, he had a big game. Um, He only threw, had only five incompletions the entire game, was 23 for 28, threw for 326 yards, six touchdowns, and zero interceptions. And Travis Kelsey was a big, was a big, get that, six touchdowns. Think about that for a minute. Six touchdowns and only a second game as a starter in the NFL. Quite amazing. Uh, Travis Kelsey, he played a big part of that. He had seven receptions for 109 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Sammy excuse me, Sammy Watkins had a big game too. Six receptions, 100 yards receiving. He didn't score a touchdown though. Tyreek Hill wasn't bad. Five receptions, 90 yards receiving. And I bring all that up to say, leading to my first point. Ladies and gentlemen, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is a joke. Pittsburgh Steelers defense needs an overhaul and needs an overhaul fast. And and it goes back to what I said last week and the week before that about the Steelers being undisciplined, especially with Mike Tomlin as their head coach. This is a team that on many occasions shows America that that they just don't get it. 
I mean, and I think it all rises and falls with the coach. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, but but at the end at the end of the day, I mean, you got to address this, and it can't and you can't keep putting a bandaid over a gunshot wound. Uh, this requires surgery, cause this defense, I'm telling you. Nah, I get it. Patrick Mahomes, he's a young stud. He he's a good quarterback, has great awareness, can read defenses. These six touchdowns, no interceptions, only had five incomplete passes when he threw the ball almost thirty times in the game. He knows what he's doing. That the bottom line, the Steelers are a lot better than the Chiefs. I mean, I know people pick the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl, but you know, that's just to throw stuff out there, be be crazy, throw something out on the table. I mean, people was like you know, this is the Steelers' time right now. And if they don't capitalize on it, they could be in some real deep trouble the rest of the season. And that defense, that the, the, that, that defense was not good. Was not good last week. Was not good. I mean, they let Patrick Mahomes pick them apart left and right. Whether it be the secondary going deep downfield with a little underneath patterns to Travis Kelsey. I mean that that defense that defense was a joke yesterday. I mean I gotta be honest, cause these are the Pittsburgh Steelers with the steel curtain defense with Mean Joe Green and, and, and Mel Blunt and sa and safety and Tony Dungy was there for a little while. I mean this is this is a steel curtain defense of the nineteen seventies. And this is a team that, that has that has won championships because of their defense. Even when you go to two, last year, 2008, with Troy Palomaro at safety, I mean, and Ryan Clark, I mean, they, this has always been a, a defensive-minded team, even though they've had offensive stars in their history, and and Bradshaw and Lynn Swan and 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 uh, and Bradshaw and I think Lance. Oh, worth I name name is popping up to me right now. But those of you Steelers fans, listen, I think you know who I'm talking about. Lynn Swan's partner in crime during the uh, '70s offensively, and Franco Harris, and even now with Jerome Bettis and Roethlisberger, and the, so. But they've they've but they've been a defensive team throughout the entire history. And if any member of that Steel Curtain was watching that game on Sunday, the they had to be vomiting. I mean, if Chuck, you know, Chuck Noll was rolling in his grave. I mean, that defensive performance. I mean, come on, three hundred, and they didn't run. They didn't do a, a great job rushing the ball either, because I mean, this was all bad passing defense. I mean, I mean, really, three hundred and twenty-six yards to a guy who's making a second NFL start in his career at home, week two. I mean, come on. I mean, that th that's a disgrace. I mean, I haven't even gotten to Antonio Brown throwing fits on the sideline again and and him not showing up on Monday to the Steelers facility. You know, I mean, the Le'Veon Bell thing that's still going on. I haven't even gotten to all that yet. But, I'm, but I mean, I mean, gee whiz. I mean, he, they was just getting picked apart in every way imaginable in the passing game. And if – and – I said it with the Le'Veon Bell thing, and I'm, and I'm gonna say it again. It's gonna apply right here. The Steelers cannot expect to win anything or do anything 
with this group of people and with Mike Tomlin, that head coach, if they don't get disciplined and they don't address the issue on defense. Because two things that's holding back this team. It's lack of discipline, playing down to their competition, Antonio Brown throwing fits, not using self-control, kind of kind of a poor imitation of Odell Beckham Jr. He's starting to look like. Um, making it all about him, throwing fits, this contract holdout with Le'Veon Bell, and them talking a big game about the, about the Patriots overlooking Jacksonville only to get embarrassed at home in the playoffs. Man, that's that's that that's lack of discipline and lack of being humble, but I mean Patrick Mahomes. I mean holy, I mean he was just picking apart. I mean Mike Mitchell. I mean all of these guys is just so bad, so so terrible. I mean, I mean, I mean go look at the highlights again. I mean they are getting picked apart left and right. I mean don't just well. I mean you got to give credit to Patrick Mahomes. But I mean, but I mean, gee whiz! I mean, that's that's Steelers defense. I mean, come on! I mean, I tell you, they can. I tell you, they have done a horrible job. This in just in the first two weeks of the season, and the and the fact that they no, they played decently against the Browns. I give them that. But you know, those are the Browns. You know, I get to them a little later on, but. Their performance, their perform. I mean, missed tackles. I mean, it, it, it was bad. It was abysmal. And if you're a Steelers fan, you know, it's bad enough you got your star running back holding out and you got Antonio Brown throwing fits and not showing up to practice. But as far as the on-field stuff goes, there's just as much worry because because it, because this defense was getting picked apart and they played Tampa Bay on a Monday night on the road against uh, Ryan uh, against Ryan Fitzpatrick whose first two weeks of the season has thrown for over eight touchdowns and has over 800 passing yards just in the first two games alone so and then when you do that and you beat the um the top teams in the NFC the uh the Sa- the Saints you go into New Orleans week 1 and you beat the Saints who was a playoff team last year, made it to the divisional round of the playoffs with Drew Brees. So you beat them, that means something. Not to mention division rival, that's also another plus. On top of the fact that they walked that they uh that they got their first home game of the year and the Super Bowl champs came into town and they and they sent and they simply beat them up. They simply beat them up. So, you know, you can't can un you know, you can't underestimate uh Ryan Fitzpatrick because he's going up against uh, two. He's going up against two playoff teams last year that both made it pretty deep. I mean, if if Marcus Williams doesn't go hit stick too early on uh, Stephon Diggs, they could have been in the NFC Championship game. And uh, well, as we all know, the Eagles they they won the Super Bowl last year. So, but back to my main point, Ryan Fitzpatrick has been off the charts. And Deshaun Watson, excuse me, Deshaun Deshaun Jackson, excuse me, um, has played a huge part in that as well. And if the Steelers aren't in their Steelers defense, is that kept on high alert? Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to make a mockery out of what was the steel curtain forty years ago, 
in the in the steel in the in the uh, in the narrative that Steelers have a great defense. He's gonna make a mockery out of that in front of everyone on national television on Monday night if the Steelers defense isn't careful. And going to uh, and going to Steelers. Offense, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, he didn't play that bad. I mean, he threw the football 60 times. James Conner didn't have the same game as he had in week one. He went, he was 39 for 60, 452 passing yards, three touchdowns. Juju Smith-Schuster had five receptions, 138 yards, and a touchdown. No, excuse me, he had 13 receptions, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Jesse James, excuse me, reading the wrong stat. Had five receptions, 138 yards, and a touchdown. I got I brought up Antonio Brown, moaning and groaning on the sidelines to the offensive coordinator, when really he should be moaning and groaning at the defensive coordinator, because the Steelers' offense really did put outside of James Conner doing nothing, and Antonio Brown having little having a pathetic nine receptions for 67 yards and no touchdowns. That Steelers' defense really played well. I mean, they did a good job. I mean, they had the Chiefs were up on them. 20, the Chiefs were up on them 20, 21 nothing. And, and Steelers defense, excuse me, Steelers offense did a great job of of coming back and, 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 and narrowing that lead down to the point where it was tied at 28. But that Steelers defense did them no, did them no favors. And if I'm Antonio Brown, I'm not mulling and growing at the offensive coordinator getting me the ball. I'm mulling and growing at the defensive coordinator saying, uh, can you do us a favor, and can you tell you guys to uh, stop making Patrick Mahomes look like uh, Joe Montana out here, and 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 tell him to contain Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins and Kelsey? Can you do that for us, please? Because we're sitting up there busting our butt every single time we touch the ball, trying to score and keep up with them. But if this keeps going on, there ain't gonna be enough time left. Cause because you guys' defense is just so disgustingly horrible, we we can't keep up. So it needs to be moaning and groaning at the defensive coordinator instead of griping and moaning and groaning and throwing fits over him not getting the ball or plays not being called for him for on offense. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, he was he did not stink it up. You know, did not turn over the football. Threw for three touchdowns, four hundred and fifty-two passing yards. But that defense, I mean, that's pretty bad. And Antonio Brown not showing up on Monday to the facility. Listen, I've said it time and time again about the uh, about the Pittsburgh Steelers being undisciplined in the team and, and, and how and how Mike Tomlin has to take control of his guys and stop the ratting out and talking bad about. Uh, about teammates uh, like Le'Veon Bell with his holdout and 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 I've 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 added infinitum for the past two episodes and when I had Jackson on I I've said that over and over again and and Antonio Brown you know he he's no exception I mean moaning like I like I said moaning and going to the offensive coordinator because you're not getting the ball. When you when your offense is giving it everything it's got and your defense is 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 giving up forty two points by is giving up forty two points 
to an offense led by Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I mean, come on, you gotta be kidding me. I mean, you, I mean, you really gotta be kidding me. I mean, come on, Antonio Brown, wake up, wake up, get get, wake up, get your head out of between your legs, wake up, and smell the coffee, okay? And in case you haven't noticed, the offense has really never been the problem. The problem has been, the problem has been, your defense doing a horrible job stopping stopping opposing offenses from marching down the field and putting up points. That's what your problem is. Outside of the fact that you guys can never get along and and you and you talk and you talk bad about each other and you put Le'Veon Bell in this contract down on Front Street and all the off the field stuff. Your your true on the field problem is the fact that you guys simply can't play defense. And when you want to beat Tom Brady, I know you got to outscore him, but your defense has to make has to has to make some stops, and and. And that defense is just so bad that Tom that it's almost like physical torture for Steelers fans and Patriots haters, because you know he, he zone defense. Well, Tom has been picking that apart ever since he came into the league. And so, and him not showing up to uh, and him not showing up to the facility on Monday. I mean, Antonio. I mean, come on. You, get, last last week, last Sunday was not one of your premier games by any stretch. That was no game for, for, to write home about. I mean, you not showing up at the facility on Monday. I mean, come on, Antonio. I mean, you, you, you all this team really has left as far as superstar is concerned on offense. I mean, Big Ben skill has decreased, and Le'Veon Bell hasn't showed up yet. You are all they have. You gotta, you gotta be more of the adult, be more of a team leader, and and, and do things you you know you don't feel like doing. You know you may be salty at the coordinator, or the coach, or Big Ben or whoever. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be a grown up, a man enough to say, you know what? I'll bite the bullet. I'll bite my tongue. I go in there because work needs to be done. I need to improve so we can somehow change this entire season around. And try to make a push and make an effort to go to the Super Bowl. Bottom line. And for him not showing up, it's really weak and it's really pathetic. After he after he after he started a whole little mini fire on the sidelines about me not getting the ball and plays not being called for me and yada 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 yet he not show up on Monday. You can't have it both ways. You can't expect to be a big part portion of the offense, and then you're a no show the next day for practice when we gotta break down everything that went wrong from the previous game's loss. I mean, that that's a joke. Um, heading on to switching gears to the Jaguars and Patriots game. The Jacksonville Jaguars coming in off of a win against the New York football giants on uh in week one on the road. Coming uh coming for their home debut against the uh New England Patriots rematch of last year's AFC championship game. So let's talk about it. Um, Blake Bortles, who played with many people thought was too cons- was too conservative. The play calling was too conservative. They tried to make sure that Blake Bortles 
didn't blow them the game. They were too cautious um, in that AFC Championship game, which, you know, going up against Brady and Belichick, you can't be. You got to... You got to pedal to the metal, keep the hammer on, keep the hammer on, keep the foot on the neck, and you can't let up. Well, that's what Blake Bortles did um, last Sunday. He was arguably one of his best games in his NFL career. Uh, 20, 29 for 45, um, 376 passing yards, four touchdowns and an interception. Uh, his receiver, Tevon Cole, um, who made a great one-handed catch. I mean, gee whiz, I mean, thank that that looks better than Odell going up against the sideline. He's running in motion and basically picks it, cherry picks it out the air, one handed behind him, and somehow keeps his feet in bounds and maintains control all the way to the ground. I mean, I think in my opinion that's a better catch than Odell, but I digress. Um, but he had a big day, uh, seven receptions, 116 yards, and a touchdown. Um, and Westbrook, their other wide receiver, he had four receptions, 82 yards. And a touchdown as well. That's just to name a few of the offense of great offensive performance put up by Blake Bortles in this game today. I mean, I mean, what a job he did. I mean, I mean, he played the best game. Of his, I mean, with no um, with no Leonard Fournette in the backfield for him, he was injured and left the game early in Week One against the Giants. I mean, so it was basically all on Blake Bortles' shoulders. And that injury and the Patriots, you know, made Blake Bortles see what he has. And Blake Bortles did not disappoint for the Jaguar fans in uh, across America and, and a few in London and all the Patriots haters in America, including me, who who when they scored their when they scored their uh, last touchdown of the game I think was 7 minutes left in the fourth quarter I mean you would have thought I was watching the Bengals cuz I was hype I mean you know me no one hates the Patriots and Brady more than me so uh, all I had to say was where was this in the AFC championship game but Blake Bortles really 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 played well I mean he was just picking up picking that Patriots defense apart which which, like I've, which, which, what people have said in the truth, that Patriots defense is nothing to write home about. I don't care who's the coordinator. I mean, Patricia, oh my gosh, get that pencil buff from behind your ear and put it on a pen and paper and figure out not to get picked apart by by quarterback by teams on offense and offenses led by quarterbacks by the name of Blake. Bortles and 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 uh, Nick Foles. I mean, gee whiz. I mean, you're giving up you're giving up thirty thirty plus points by quarterbacks named to Blake Bortles and Nick Foles. I mean, no disrespect to them, but come on now, they are not. The you know this isn't a Bart Starr and uh, and uh, Johnny Unitas. I mean, come come on now. I mean. The, this is I mean, if I'm a Patriots fan, I got to sit up here and accept giving up thirty plus points to uh, to Blake Bortles. Well, I mean, really, in the early week two of the NFL season on the road, I got to accept getting picked up by Blake Bortles now. Blake Bortles. I mean, I mean, come on. If if you're a Patriots fan, you you cannot be excited or hyped about 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 what you saw last Sunday. And you know good and well that the only way you're gonna make it back to the Super Bowl is that you, you're gonna have to play with Jacksonville again in order for you to get there. Whether it's you being in your own building at Foxborough or you being or you being being cooked in the ninety degree heat and humidity in Jacksonville, Florida. I mean 
you're going to have to, and then Tony Romo even said it. I mean, they're going to have to, if either of these two teams want to get to the Super Bowl, if the Patriots want to make it a third straight trip, and if Jacksonville wants to make it their first ever, if they these two teams are going to have to play again. And New England and Brady, I don't, I know he's Brady, and Brady played in Mac. I mean, Brady played as good as you can play. Twenty-four for thirty-five, two hundred and thirty-four passing yards, two touchdowns. Didn't turn over the football. I mean, and granted that Jaguars defense has a lot has a, has a lot to do with it. Great pass rush on Brady, forced the fumble. Uh, Brady fumbled as well. Uh, great uh, pass protect. Great um, pass pass defense. I mean, they let they their leading receiver was their running back James White. Who threw for seven? Who caught the ball seven times for seventy-three receiving yards? Didn't score a touchdown. And Jalen Ramsey, who talked up all that smack in GQ magazine over the summer this past August, well, he, he that oh even though they came out with the win, Odell made him Odell. And he didn't talk bad about Odell. He talked bad about Eli Manning. So. I guess you can say he's two for two because Gronk had two receptions for 15 yards. I mean, he was a no-show in this game. I mean, they they shut him they shut him down like like uh, they shut him down like like the F, like uh like the health department shutting down uh, Chipotle with the E. coli. I mean, they shut Rob Gronkowski down. I mean, he he was nowhere to be seen in that game. I mean, two receptions, 15 yards. I mean, this Jaguars defense is for real. One of the best defenses in football, I'm sure, if you ask me. I mean, it's, it's simply the fact that they have Brady on the team is the reason why they had over over 20 points in the game. But they, I mean, running game was not was was non-existent. I mean, when you can hold a team's leading receiver to to seven receptions and 73 yards without a touchdown, and you. That's that's their leading receiver for the game, and their superstar receiver Rob Gronkowski, one of the best passing catching tight ends we've ever seen, has two receptions for fifteen yards and no touchdowns, and Br- Tom Brady, quote unquote the goat, greatest quarterback of all time, is 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 the quarterback here and the greatest coach of our generation and Belichick on the si- on the Patriots sideline and you, and you and you and your defense does a great job like that. That that speaks volumes, and that's why I picked them to go. I believe I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. I can't remember, but if I did, that's that's why I picked them to go to the Super Bowl because because I know I know and I've seen that they can play defense that 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 sh- that shuts them down. I mean they they do not care whether it's Brady or Eli Manning. I mean they can walk it. They can walk up in there and carry their load and, and shut you down. I mean, it doesn't matter who's who's that quarterback or who's that wide receiver. That defense is good. And that defense is a, is a force to be reckoned with. And and that they, they, they will not be and that is not that is not an easy cakewalk, especially when you got Blake Bortles who who has finally found some confidence within himself in a stone ball for 375 yards and four touchdown passes and limits to turnovers to only one. I mean, that Jacksonville defense is scary. Let me tell you, it's scary. And um, I brought up that the uh, Patriots wide receivers, you know, leading receiver James White, you know, one more time, seven receptions, 73 yards, Gronk, Two receptions, fifteen yards. So, and with that being said, news came out 
this week that uh, Cleveland Browns wide receiver Josh Gordon, who uh, wasted his talent and wasted money, couldn't stay off the weed. He is now a new as as my voice DNA Smith would say. He is <laughs> he is now a New England Patriot. Got traded this past week for a fifth round pick, I believe. He's now a New England Patriot, so he will help Brady and the boys um try to spark some offense for the for the group. Until Julian Edelman gets back from suspension. And Chris Hogan, obviously, he cannot do it all by himself. And when Gronk is shut down like he was, you know, you need some, you need an insurance policy. And that's where Josh Gordon comes in. Uh, this trade look, makes perfect sense. You know, Cleveland, then Hugh Jackson, Dorsey, you know, the owners, they've given them plenty of opportunities and plenty of chances to... Uh, to try to help this man and, and not walk out on him just because he just because he, he he had a drug habit, you know. They tried to do by, right by him. They they were by his side. They helped him out in any means necessary in any way possible. But you know he didn't fail another drug test. But him not showing up late, him showing up late last Saturday and bad hamstring, you know. This guy. You know, there's only so many chances you you can give. You can give a guy like him, and uh, the Browns had no other choice, so they they had to, you know wanted to get something for him, so they traded him to New England, which basically the Cleveland Browns like the New England Patriots farm team. I mean, if I would Jamie Collins, I mean, if I were to give you the names of of uh, future Patriots ex Browns and. Expatriates, future Browns. I mean, he'd flip. But, um, it's, it's going to be best for both. I mean, Browns don't have to worry about that distraction with the Josh Gordon. And the Patriots, they need receiving help. I mean, that Jaguar defense is great, don't get me wrong. But you got Tom Brady at quarterback. You got to do more than put up uh, 17, 20 points in a game. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, that, that that's just. And when and you can't afford. Because now teams are going to start shutting down Gronk. And with Julian Elman suspended and Amendola in Miami, I mean, you don't have too many options to go to. Josh Gordon, who Patriots and Belichick still believe has talent left in the tank. And, you know, you never know. I mean, the Patriots are like, you know, they 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 take in players with corrupted history and, and bad behavior off the field. And they... uh you know they they take them in and they and they end up turning a whole life and career around. I mean, look at Randy Moss for example. But even though they did draft Aaron Hernandez, <laughs> but take it for what it's worth. But the Patriots, I mean, you know Belichick, he doesn't care about your pets. You know he he does not care if you can show up every Sunday and like he says, do your job and and put forth an effort on the football field to help the team win. You know Belichick doesn't care. Which, doesn't care what type of person you are, you know. I mean, if O if O J Simpson still still could run the football and and, and could uh, put up points, I mean, and if he if he was younger, Belichick would sign O J Simpson in a heartbeat. You 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 can bet the bank on that. 
Um, I think it's going to be a good signing for the Patriots. They need a receiving help. Uh, less of a distraction for the Cleveland Browns, you know. And if he isn't active for 10 games, they ship him right back. So, you know, what do, what do the Patriots have to lose in this situation, to be quite honest with you? I mean, what what do they have to lose? I mean, they're one and one. Uh, Edelman will be coming. Edelman will be coming back eventually. You gotta figure that Gronk's new norm isn't gonna be two receptions, fifteen yards. But then again, they do need help. So why not? And I'll move on to final game of me recapping week two of the whole between the Minnesota Vikings and the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Kirk Cousins, quarterback for the uh, Minnesota Vikings, he had a good game. He was 35 for 48, threw for 425 yards, four touchdowns and an interception. Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, his partners in crime, they played well. Uh, Adam Thielen threw for 12 receptions, had, excuse me, had 12 receptions, 131 yards and a touchdown. Stephon Diggs, Mr. Minnesota, Minneapolis Miracle. Uh, eight receptions, 128 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, I mean, it's to me just reading those stats right now. You know, it's fair to say. Uh, can we take uh, Ryan Pettin out of the Hall of Fame, please? I mean, he is. I tell you, he and with that and that first half performance against the Bears on Sunday night, two, two, three weeks ago. I mean, he is. He is no Vince Lombardi. He is no Buddy Ryan. I mean, let me tell you. I mean. Kirk Cousins, who's not exactly a friend talking to himself, you know, for over through for over 400 yards and four touchdowns and only one interception. I mean, can we take him out the Hall of Fame, please? Thank you. And we'll see if the Packers defense can do anything against the Alex Smith and the Redskins, who offensively was in him and Adrian Peterson was dead as a doornail last Sunday against the Colts, who who weren't the 2006 Colts by any stretch by letting my Cincinnati Bengals come back from 17-plus to beat them in week one. But anyway, I digress. Um, they've had a great game offensively. Um, with slicing and dicing Kirk Cousins that against the uh, Green Bay defense. Uh, Daniel Carlson, uh, the kicker for the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, I don't know what, what these NFL teams, I mean, I mean, it's it's like it's like a closer in baseball. I mean, when you are a when you are a team that's in competition to either go to a championship or to win a championship, you cannot expect whether it's kickers in the NFL or closers in baseball. You cannot expect to make to to make a to try to make a deep championship run and not have a football a kicker or a baseball a closer. I mean, you, you can't just throw anybody out there and say, oh, well, just throw him in there, you know, some some rookie draft in the fifth round, huh? Let's just throw him into the fire and, and uh, you know, it's like, it's like throwing a dart uh, up. It's like throwing a dart at a target with your eyes closed, you know, just throw it up there and hope, it, hope, it, hope it's bullseye, you know? And a lot of times that dart does not hit bullseye. And Daniel Carson, who, what, yeah, thought the same thing. 0 for 3 in field goals, missed a potential game-winning field goal in the closing seconds in the uh, fourth quarter. So uh, he 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 was he was he was he was no uh, 
he was no Hall of Fame kicker by any stretch. I mean, whether I mean, I mean, he, and it just shows just how badly the Vikings have been screwed, especially with clutch field goal kicking. Whether it be uh, Anderson in the uh, ninety in the ninety eight, I believe the ninety eight. NFC Championship game, you know, perfect, and then he misses with like five minutes less in a in a championship game at home against the Falcons. Whether it's Blair Walsh and him missing a easy chip shot against the Seahawks at home uh, in the playoffs. I mean, the Vikings. I mean, the Minnesota Miracle. You know, they'll take it, but but as far as them having. Uh, but as far as, I tell you, as far as them having clutch field goal kicking, that is something that they do not have. I mean, let me let me tell you, I mean, 0 for 3, and I don't understand these NFL teams, and Seahawks included. I mean, the Seahawks, Blair Walsh literally gave you a playoff game with a disc. I mean, that that kick was so bad. I mean, wide. I mean, it, that ball was so wide left. I mean, it it it, it made it made uh it made the left left of the Democrats. You know, say, ugh, God, it made them cringe. But I mean, but I mean, gee whiz. I mean, I mean, in the, for the Seahawks to bring him in and and act like, well, just because they're in a Seahawks uniform, you know, he he won't stink. I mean, if it looks like a duck, it's, it quacks like a duck. It ain't a mongoose. I mean, gee, what, I mean, they he gave them a playoff game, and the Seahawks have the stupidity to sit up here and sign them next season. Have the stupidity to sign them next season, and then and then they all surprised when when Blair Walsh cost them three. I mean, he cost them about three three four games last year, whether it be the Monday night game against the uh, Monday night game at home against the uh, Falcons. Whether it be at home against the uh, Redskins last season, or whether it be when they needed to win to get into the playoffs, Week Seventeen against the Cardinals. I mean, they 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 really. I mean, he 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 cost them he cost them some games, and leading back to my point about these NFL teams just thinking they can just slap a kicker in there and and, and you know hope it's hope it sticks and hope it works. I mean. I mean, yeah, you, you learned your lesson because you went old because your guy Daniel Carlson, who you know isn't exactly, you know Scott Norwood pre wide right by any stretch, oh for three and 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 uh, cost you a chance at a game. And speaking of costing a game, I mean, how about that 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 bogus that bogus asinine phony. Call and rule with the roughing the passer with Clay Matthews. I mean, you. I mean, what are you supposed to do? I mean, it's getting to the point in football where you might as well play two hand touch or play patty cake. I mean, gee whiz. I mean, I mean, Kirk Cousins dropped back, clean hit, didn't leave with a crown of his helmet. You know, hit where you're supposed to, where you're told to hit between chest and waist. He, you know, wrapped his arms, hit him cleanly. I mean, what are you supposed to do? I mean, Woody. I mean, and earlier in the game, Cousins was scrambling, and he got and he got hit, and again the Packer defender he let him go because he thought he released the ball, and Kirk Cousins tucked it in and continued to run. So I mean, I mean, so so, so what are you what, what are you supposed to do? Well, I mean, what what are you gonna do? Are you gonna play patty cake, two hand touch? I mean, this this is getting a little ridiculous with 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 the roughing the passers. I mean, gee whiz, these are grown men getting paid millions of dollars. Who know who 
heading in, no, and by the way, it was Mason Crosby who missed a potential game winner at the end of the fourth quarter. Um, Daniel Carlson missed towards the end of overtime. But anyway, back to my point. But I mean, what what do you? But what are you supposed to do? I mean, I mean, they are quarterbacks. The whole idea of being a being a linebacker, being a defensive lineman, said your goal is to put the quarterback, the guy who the the leader of the offense, the guy who has the ball, who throws the ball thirty plus times in the game. Your job and your goal is to put, is to put him on his back, and, 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 to, and to disrupt his offensive flow, and 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 to keep him from completing passes. I mean, we're supposed to do you know, sit here play patty cake, you know, patty cake, patty cake, bakers, man. I mean, come on now, two hand. I mean, it's just, you might as well turn into two hand touch. Start playing flag. Now I get it, they want to sit up here and limit concussions and the head injuries, but gee whiz, pampering these, pan, these pandering and pampering these quarterbacks. I mean, I get it, they don't want a situation like last year where Aaron Rodgers is out for most of the season. But I mean, this this is taking a little bit too far. I mean, that was a that was a clean hit. I mean, that is a hit that all coaches from Pop Warner up to high school. Those are all the type of hits that coaches from those levels are teaching kids to hit when when they when they want to when they tell them that they want to be a that they want to be a defensive player. That that was a clean, beautiful textbook, orthodox hit on quarterback. Case closed. That that's the way you are taught to hit. I mean, even my dad tell you, you know. People who play football, they can tell you that is how you're supposed to hit a quarterback from chest to waist. You hit him, you lead with your shoulder, wrap him up, and you put him down. And this whole idea where you can't land on a quarterback. So, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to like make initial contact with him, wrap him up, and just before you go to the ground, you got to release him, let him go? What type of bowl is this? Well, you you can't land on the So how else are you supposed to sack him? What are you gonna say? You hit him, wrap his arms around him, and then and so then so then you get the whistle for being caught, and then you just let him go. You just drop him dead on the ground. I mean, this rough in the passer rule. I mean, it it is it is it is really. It is a joke when the thing, and you can't really get on the rest because the rest has to call what's in the rule book. But I mean, this rough in the pass rule. I mean, it's gotten too out of hand. I mean, it is. It is really. It's. It's become a joke. To be quite honest with you, it's. It's really become a joke and a disgrace. I mean, I mean, it was a clean legal hit. Case closed. I mean, that is a textbook, beautiful, orthodox. You can't do it any better than that hit that Clay Matthews put on Kirk Cousins and it forced Kirk Cousins to an interception and it cost the Packers a win. It, it, it cost the Packers a win. Getting on to week three, Thursday night football game of the week on NFL Network featured the New York Jets coming off playing uh, their second Primetime national televised game, second game in three weeks, as they head up to as they head on, hit the road to play the uh, Cleveland Browns, who then themselves had field goal kicking pro- problems. I mean, you know, Tyrod Taylor did not play bad against the Saints, and I'm that state that Saints defense got to wake up and smell the roses. I mean, gee whiz, I mean, playing like that, 
the offense is led by Tyrod Taylor and Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, come the if you're a Saints fan, you you got to be concerned with with the defense. I mean that 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 the, uh, they won that game, but they shouldn't have won it because Browns kicker couldn't make a field goal. I mean that game should have been a blowout, and letting Ryan Fitzpatrick throw for 400 yards and 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 just going off on them at home in Week One. I mean. That's a, that's the situation that's got to get addressed for the Saints' side and perspective. But anyway, uh, the Cleveland Browns, uh, coming off of a heartbreaking loss to the New Orleans Saints, like I just mentioned, so they come home to play their second home game of the year. Uh, they come home and they played New York Jets on Thursday Night Football, and Tyrod Taylor, who started the game for the for the uh, Cleveland Browns, he threw four, four. He had four pass completions for fourteen attempts, nineteen yards left the game. Did not return due to a concussion, and in steps the number one overall pick in the draft, Baker Mayfield Heisman, last year's Heisman Trophy winner out of Oklahoma. He played well, 17 yards, 17 completions for 23 passing attempts, 201 yards, and Carlos Hyde helped him out, helped him out a lot out of the backfield with 23 rushes, 98 yards, and two touchdowns. Jarvis Landry, eight receptions, 103 receiving yards as well, and in the Browns uh, win over the Jets. And you can tell that that Cleveland crowd, I mean, as soon as, I mean, it was almost like a culture change, like the entire stadium. And it was like, it was almost like, it was like, I mean, they rose, they cheered and clapped and they chanted his name. You could tell, I mean, the, the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Browns fans, they're ready for a winner. And they think that they have finally a franchise quarterback. And... <laughs> And just the way they reacted when Baker Mayfield came out, I mean, you you would have thought that that Joe Montana or Brady was stepping onto the field in a Browns uniform, or that LeBron was coming back to Cleveland for crying out loud. I mean, they they were on their feet. I mean, they, and and who can blame them? I mean, Baker Mayfield, you know, didn't play the best in that uh, Rose Bowl game against Georgia. Uh, he didn't he didn't get his team home in that game, but Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, Pierce, he has his head on straight. He's got a bit of swagger, which mixed with a little bit of cockiness. Um, he can play, uh, makes good passes down the field, smart, great awareness, and it showed because uh, Cleveland Browns, everything started clicking for the and for the first time in 635 days since Christmas Eve of 2016. Think about that for a minute. For the first time since Christmas Eve of 2016. When they beat the then San Diego Chargers at home and kept them from going 0-16 that season, for the first time the Cleveland Browns won a foot won a football game. I mean, that and and Dilly Dilly and because they had the Bud Light uh, cool, uh, refrigerators all across the restaurants in Cleveland, they they was free beers all around. So it was Dilly Dilly till the wee hours of Friday morning up in Cleveland. And that that was it. I mean, I'm actually, I'll admit, I'm, outside of the two times to play the Bengals this year, I'm rooting for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, this this is a franchise that's and a fan base that's gone through a lot 
whether it's Art Modell and moving the team because the city wouldn't give him money for a stadium or, or the fumble, the drive, you know, or, or Red Right 88, I mean, or losing Jim Brown to for him basically wanting to be a movie star. Uh, this is a franchise that, that that's, that's gone, and, and losing Belichick, I mean, uh, watching the Ravens win the Super Bowl in 2000, I mean, and watching the Patriots dynasty with Belichick, this is a, this is a franchise and a fan base that's really endured a lot, on top of the fact that LeBron's left them for L.A., and, you know, this is, a, this is a franchise and a fan base that's gone through a lot, and I'd like to see them have a good season, that's why I predict them to go 7-9, and, I, and when I picked them, I figured that, you know, that, that uh, Baker Mayfield was going to get action in the game or in the season, rather, and he did. And he played a – he you couldn't play a better game than he played Thursday night, to be quite honest with you. And he needs to be the start of the rest of the season. I mean, if Hugh Jackson thinks otherwise, then his job needs to be up for a question because – Tyrod Taylor is not getting the job done for him. I mean, I know he led the Buffalo Bills to the playoffs last year with help of A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, 4th and 12th. Um, but he needs to be a start of the rest of the season. This, is the, these, his, this looks like the teammates have confidence in him. He, he's, they galvanize around. His teammates galvanize around ba- uh, Baker. Uh, the fan base certainly has galvanized around him. They they want him as starting quarterback. They believe that they they are he is their franchise quarterback. Um, they, he I don't know what you waiting for. You know he, he you gotta start him. You have to have to start him. Um, get three games here on the table for week three. Then I'm gonna get to my picks coming towards the end of the program. Uh Cowboys and Seahawks with powerhouses in the NFC in the NFC for playoffs. I mean, this is a pivotal pivotal game for both teams. Uh the Seahawks uh, backs against the wall Christmas Eve last year. Uh they knew how to get done heading into Dallas. And uh they had to they had to basically win every game the rest of the way in order for them to make the playoffs and at least they did in week 16. They beat the Cowboys. Um, very important game for them. Cowboys coming off of a Sunday night win at home where their defense really played stellar against a garbage offensive line and garbage play by Eli Manning. I mean, gee whiz. I mean, Eli, time to hit retirement. With. And this is this leads to another thing. Like I said, you know, Saquon Barkley all you want, but they needed a fr- they needed a quarterback for the future. And they are doing a real, real disservice to the franchise and the fan base by signing Saquon Barkley. Because Eli Manning, who looked shook in that game, I mean, you could see it on his face. I mean, he was scared running for his life. I mean, he looked like, like, like a lost puppy in, in the middle. And looks like a lost puppy in the middle of the woods. You know, with a with a bunch of uh, dog eating wolves and, uh, and 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 predators all around him. I mean, like like a five year old lost in the middle of Hershey Park at nighttime. I mean, he was lost and disheveled in that game and and scared. I mean, if you really want to put it, but that Cowboys defense, you know, and that Seahawks, that Seahawks are gonna have a real test. Uh, they did not play well. Uh, Khalil Mack and that defense. 
got after Russell Wilson in their Monday night loss on the road against the Bears. Seahawks' first home game of 2018. Earl Thomas is going to play. We shall see. Redskins and Packers. See if the uh, Redskins offense can bounce back from a no-show, and Adrian Peterson included. Um, you know, nothing to write home about 50 rushing yards in a preseason. But uh, <laughs> but we'll see what they can do as they have a second straight home game against uh, Aaron Rodgers and the bad man that he is. See if he can still play well. He's questionable again with that bad knee. See if that Packers defense and uh, that uh, Ryan Petten, who everyone thinks he is uh, Vince Lombardi, who uh, see if they can uh, do a good job shutting down Alec, uh, Alex Smith and the uh, Redskins offense. See if they can do a good job and see if Aaron Rodgers can uh, work his magic and beat the Redskins and have the Packers go 2-0-1 to start the season. My Cincinnati Bengals hit the road to Charlotte, to Uptown Charlotte, North Carolina, at Bank of America Stadium, as they play Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers. My Cincinnati Bengals coming off of a off of a impressive, dominant victory at home Thursday night against the uh, Baltimore Ravens. While the uh, New Orleans, while the Carolina Panthers are coming off of a seven-point loss to the to their division rival Atlanta Falcons, losing by the final score of thirty-one twenty-four. Uh, even though Christian McCaffrey, who looks like he's come out of his shell, he had a hundred and thirty-nine all scrimmage purpose yards in the game. Let's see if my Cincinnati Bengals defense has done a great job uh, containing offenses whether it's Joe Flacco and the Ravens or Andrew Luck and the Colts and Andy, Dal- and Andy Dalton and my Cincinnati Bengals and uh, A.J. Green and those boys. As the Bengals signed former Seahawk and former Jet Thomas Rawls over the week to help them with their running game. Uh, looking forward to see if they can, if they if their offense can go three straight games with putting up 30-plus points. See if AJ Green can have a replica performance of what he had Thursday night against the Ravens. And now to close out the show, last five minutes, I will give you my picks for week three of the 2018 NFL season in a league where they play for pay. Here we go. So, start off, we got the Buffalo Bills up against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I told you the Vikings coming off of a tie. They just signed, uh, I believe, Dan Bailey, new kicker. Uh, that should fare out well. Buffalo Bills, who stink offensive line, awful. Vontae Davis retiring in the middle of the game. I, mean, I, don't, know, I don't care how bad. I don't care if it's the 0-16 Cleveland Browns from last year at 0-16, 2008 Detroit Lions. You uh, you do not do that. Real 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 salvage him. I mean, great team player. What a way to set an example for the younger generation. You know, things going bad, you getting your butt kicked in a game. You know, it's time for I don't want to play anymore. You know, what what a what a wimp. What a joke. What a dope. I mean, really. Take the Vikings in that game. Uh, Eagles over. I take the Eagles over the Colts. Uh, 
Colts coming off an impressive win over the Washington Redskins. Carson Wentz makes his return since uh, him getting injured and tearing his ACL late in the season last year on the road against the uh, Los Angeles Rams. I believe the Eagles want to win that game. Uh, Packers and Redskins um, take the Packers because they got Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Uh, enough said. Redskins offense has to show me something. That Packers defense was nothing to write home about after their performance, let, giving up uh, all those touchdowns and passing yards by former Redskins quarterback Kirk Cousins. Uh, Chiefs and 49ers, I'm going to take the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, like I said, he played well against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers last week as they head home to play the 49ers, who, who uh, got their first win last week. I'm going to take the Chiefs in this one. Uh, Raiders and Dolphins. Raiders got to win a game sometime. They came all so close against the Denver Broncos, but they couldn't get it done. I don't think they're going to get it done this week. Dolphins, uh, they are two. And it's, by the way, every single team in the, in the state of Florida is undefeated. Dolph, Dolphins, Jags, and Buccaneers all 2-0 and heading into week three. We shall see. I'm going to take the Dolphins over the Raiders. Jaguar, I'm gonna take the Jaguars over the Titans. Jaguars had a very impressive win that means a lot. Uh, getting revenge on the Patriots after getting beat by them in the AFC Championship game. Uh, the Titans getting lucky. Deshaun Watson, poor clock management, and poor bad overall play in general. In in the last few seconds of that game, they got away with one. Um, see if Marcus Mariota will play. With uh, that bad elbow he had, he didn't play last week. Blaine Gabbert played for him instead. Uh, the Denver Broncos going up against uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens will have a big ceremony for Ray Lewis, who is the newest enshrinee into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. They had a parade downtown from yesterday. I think the Ravens are going to win. Uh, Ravens beat the Broncos their first playoff game in that 2000 uh, championship season in the playoffs. They beat the Broncos at home. Uh, Denver Broncos 2-0. I think they're going to take the out by that Baltimore Ravens defense, which plays very well at home in M&T Bank Stadium. Uh, I'm going to take the Saints over the Falcons. Uh, I think the uh, Saints got to get themselves on track. I still don't trust the Atlanta Falcons with their uh, defense. Uh, I'm going to take the, um, root fly, uh, take the Bengals over the Panthers today. Uh, Texans over the Giants, Rams over the Chargers, Seahawks over the Cowboys, Bears over the Cardinals, Lions in for a colossal butt whooping, uh, M Matt Patricia overrated, nothing right home about those. Belichick coaching trees never turn out to be much of anything. I'm going to take the Patriots over the Lions Sunday night. I'm going to take Ryan Fitzception or Fitzswag, whatever you want to call him. Uh, I think that Steelers, I gotta, they got to show me something Monday night. And I think the Buccaneers are going. And Deshaun Jackson, who's had a history of Monday night football success, I think they're going to perform extremely well Monday night against the Steelers. Uh, I want to thank you for listening to this special Sunday edition of the Amateur Like a TIS podcast. It's been your host, Josh Shields. Talk to you next